Hey, where's your outlet? So I could plug you in on this week's episode of Smiley Said It. Today's date is February the 5th, 2021, and it's Black History Month. And I'm so excited. So yeah, here in the U.S., we're going to be celebrating this month and the accomplishments and the history and the culture of Black Americans. My birthday passed. I'm 29 years old. Yay. Um, I had a great birthday weekend. Uh, For those who don't know, my birthday is January 31st, and it was great. But let's just dive right on in to today's episode. Here we go. So, wow, where to even start? How about this? Let's get loud in this land. <laughs> Isn't that what Jenny said? Listen, Jennifer Lopez, girl, mm, I'm still not over that, but hey, she got her money. <laughs> she got her money. And that's all that matters, I'm sure, to her. So anyways, how are you guys? How is life treating you? We are already in February. I just know that I am eager to share some news with you guys because, my goodness, I already know this year is going to be crazy. I just know it. But what year isn't? (laughs) Anyways, let's talk about entertainment. I'm not going to go too far into it, but I'm going to talk about enough because, hey, entertainment is just entertainment at the end of the day. So I don't know what else more I can talk about, but let's start with little Uzi and his diamond that is literally pierced in the middle of his forehead. And allegedly it's worth $24 million. So, hey, you know, the kid wants to do what he wants to do and, but I just don't understand (laughs) Why you would literally like put a rate in the middle of your forehead for like anyone to just, you know, snatch. And pretty soon you're going to be looking crazy with the messed up forehead. If you come across, you know, somebody that is bold enough to just snatch and run. But I'm pretty sure he has bodyguards around him all the time, but that still don't even matter. It's $24 million. People will shoot for anything. People will shoot you over stepping on a pair of their Jordans. So I'm just saying, I don't think it is wise to have a value such as a $24 million diamond in the center of your forehead. Sure, you can buy a diamond for that much and, you know, keep it locked up. I don't know. But not on your forehead where anyone could just, just literally just like snatch and leave you looking crazy but he already has marks on his face anyway, tattoos, et cetera. So I'm pretty sure that don't matter to him. I guess, child. Shout out to Lil Uzi and his $24 million diamond on the center of his forehead. <laughs> it is not a cute diamond. It looks dusty. I'm just kidding. But no. <laughs> Anyways. Well, on to the next. Um, we have Chloe Bailey. Baby girl decided to... Get on her Instagram page and, you know, bless the timeline and her panties. And, you know, she wasn't um, expecting backlash, I guess. So 
According to Vulture.com, enter Chloe Bailey's Instagram. Not one fully day after we celebrated the singer's solo Instagram account for giving us formerly Finsta-bound content like her bisexually backlit silhouette challenge entry, Bailey cleansed the timeline, literally, with the video of herself lighting sage and dancing in her bedroom to Wolfcat by Still Woozy. I mean, these artists I'm not familiar with, but I mean, the song sounds okay. Anyways, it's a short dose of extremely good vibes to break up your chilly winter Saturday in the second year of the pandemic. May it inspire all of us to dance pantsless in our own bedrooms. Well... On Sunday, Chloe took to Instagram Live to address, through tears, her reaction to hostile comments about her recent posts, specifically about showing her body. It has taken me a lot to appreciate myself and my body. There's been so many times where I felt I wasn't pretty enough, where I have a lot of issues with my weight. There's been so many times where I felt I wasn't pretty enough, where I have a lot of issues with my weight, so it's a pivotal time for me. I'm just now learning at 22, almost 23, that it's okay to be all that you are and to stand in that power. Okay. I'm not going to change who I am. If I did, I would be a catfish and all of you wouldn't see the real me. All right. Um, yeah. So let's see if I can play the audio. But it's like now I really love who I am. And I don't post what I post for validation from anybody or even male attention. It's just me. And a lot of people who know, like, who's on my, like, private Instagram, they see, like, I'm just, that's how I find my confidence. Because it has taken me a lot to appreciate myself and my body. There's been so many times where I felt I wasn't pretty enough, where I just, I have a lot of issues with my weight. So it's really, it's a pivotal time for me. I'm just now learning at like 22, almost 23, that it's okay to be all that you are and to stand in that power. And I, I think that's why I'm so appreciative of all of you who've been supporting me. And I'm not going to change who I am. If I did, I would be a catfish and you all wouldn't see the real me that my family sees, that Hallie knows. It's not a shock to her because she knows, like, I'm like this all the time. Most of the stuff on my page anyways are like months and months old. But I love you all so much that I want to invite you in and bring you all in and show you who I really, really, truly am. I'm like, I'm such a nerd inside, but on the outside I love to like just even when I dance I just feel really sexy and confident that's where I get my confidence from ever since I was like a little yeah no that was um her response so let's dive right into that because um I have some opinions and I'm gonna be very respectful um she's a grown woman right? She's not a little girl and we got to stop babying grown adults that chooses to do certain things and show certain things and say certain things. We have to understand that, you know, 
that comes with the territory when you're a celebrity or not. You know, when you post certain things, you got to be accountable and responsible about what you put out online on the internet. I, I have to keep stressing this about what you put on the internet is literally open for criticism, praise. You can't get one over the other. You know, you're going to get people that are very supportive and you will cheer you on and even defend you. And you're going to get people that don't agree or may unfollow you or may stop supporting you. Um, but there are jerks out there that will go out of their way to go on someone's page and go in the comments and just say ridiculous things, even if they disagree. The point is, if you disagree, keep it moving, right? I typically unfollow people that I'm no longer going to support based upon what they post. That's my right. And it's their right to keep posting whatever they want to post on their page. No conflict, no words exchange, just keep it moving. But unfortunately, you know, you have people that like to vote voice their opinions on people's pages based upon what they choose to do on their page. Now, Chloe, the issue I have here with this situation isn't so much that she decided to post in her panties and, you know, you know, light up a sage and be a little bit, you know, show a little bit promiscuous, you know, vibes. I don't follow the girl anyway. I do love Ungodly Hour. The album is everything. Um, but I think people are looking at her as a child still, like from years ago when her and her sister were on YouTube and were beginning to get noticed. And, you know, people look at her like she's underage, no different than Selena Gomez or Zendaya or Zendaya, depending on how you say her name. Um, people still look at them like they're young teenagers because that is the image that is the pit that you know Hollywood placed them in for so long maybe for too long because she's about to turn 23 so it's like okay she's been an, an adult for a while she can have a drink at the bar you know what I mean like she can rent a car granted she'll have some fees added on because she's under 25 but she can she's a grown adult right so when people say particularly women when women say, oh, I'm not doing it for male attention, or I'm not doing it for anyone else but me, you can't say that when you post it on a public forum because it's for everybody. It's no longer for you. It's not in your phone, in your, in your photo album, in your gallery. It's not even locked in your phone, <laughs> you know what I mean, in the photo gallery, um, where it's private. It's on a platform where you millions of people can see it. So who is it? How can it be for you when it's for everyone? If that makes sense. Yes. You can feel good about yourself internally. That is okay. You know, I encourage young women to find their peace of mind when it comes to celebrating their bodies and their mind and spiritual, um, parts of them, but you cannot divert and say, I want to feel good. I want to feel sexy. You show them that you feel sexy and that's cool too, but stand in it, right? Rihanna has her boobs out all the time, her butt out all the time, and she owns it. She used to get hell for being even slightly promiscuous. You know, when she started to get into the good girl gone bad um, image, you know, white Hollywood felt some type of way. 
And she just simply said, you know, are you offended by my titties? Like, (laughs) you know, and she owned it and she didn't give a crap because that was her choice. She wanted to show her boobs. So she knew what would come with the backlash and she indulged it. She indulged in it and she accepted it. And she's confident enough to not let critics and, you know, society give a, a, a crap about what she does with her body. So for her to cry and get on live about backlash, because she has support too. She had her fans and other people that defended her. But for you to feel some type of way about those that don't agree with the image that you're portraying, which is you know, posting yourself up, posing in your underwear with your butt cheeks exposed. And you get what I'm saying? It's kind of like, why are you crying? That was your choice. You, what you thought everyone was going to be like, yay. Woohoo. You know, like, come on. <laughs> I would have just been like, I said, I posted. Or you know what? You could have easily disabled the comments. You can do that too, you know. You don't have to have the comments open for criticism if you can't handle it. So I don't understand, not just her, but there's other people, other celebrities, Cardi B and all of them, you know, that complain about their choices, but then get upset when people don't agree with it. It's kind of like, it's very disingenuous. You know what I mean? Like, you knew what you were doing. You could have easily had pants on and lit up your sage. And just look cute if that was the case. But no, you intentionally posted yourself in underwear and posing in, you know, a promiscuous way and a cute caption with it. And then people are like, okay, well, what is this? (laughs) And then you get upset and say, I just want to brace my body. You can do that, but you also have to accept that not everyone's going to accept that and be okay with it. You can't, that's, welcome to real world, baby. She is young, but she is still grown. So it's kind of like you have a lot to learn in regards of how the world works and how people will always critique you, regardless of if you think it's in goodwill or if it's like, I'm just accepting myself and this is what I like to do. This is who I want to be because social media isn't necessarily the platform for it in regards of just you because it's a selfish act. Not bad, but it's still a selfish act to say, oh, I just want to embrace my body and get mad at those that aren't feeling it, right? Because it's a, a public platform. I can't walk into Target in my bra and panties and get attention and be like, but I love my body. I want I, it's self-acceptance. Why can't people, why are people looking at me like I'm crazy? That may be a little bit extreme, but you get my point. It's kind of like I would just have to walk in there with my head held high knowing that I'm going to get stares and be okay with that, right? Like you can't switch it and then be upset. This is that, I'm going to say it, is toxic positivity culture where people can't be held accountable for what they choose to do, regardless if they stand in it or not. You cannot be like, I'm just going to just post this and call people haters that are just like, girl, what is this? Uh Uh-uh. What? If not, make you another account, a private account, or keep it in your phone. We don't have to share everything. We really don't, by the way. (laughs) You know, it's okay to take pictures of yourself and of your significant other, whatever y'all choose to do, that's your business, and keep it in your phone. I have yet shared nothing but one photo for my birthday weekend. 
because I don't want to share everything. I don't. I had a great weekend. You know, I actually got to go to New Orleans and or New Orleans <laughs> um, for the first time. And I tried fried alligator for the first time. Alligator tail, I believe it was. Yeah. And it, I tried the blackened version of it. Oh, it's so good. The texture is like chicken. It has a very, very slight fishy taste to it, but not overpowering. You taste more of the seasoning and the, the texture is very like chicken. And I was like shocked. <laughs> I would eat it again. So anyways, I'll probably talk more about it on my YouTube channel, my second new YouTube channel called Smiley Said It. Look out for that. Uh, where I'll also be talking about my experience in Atlanta. And yeah, I'm going to put more content on my new channel. So, but yeah, back to her. Uh, sis, like you're beautiful. You have a gorgeous body. You should be confident. You should love yourself. You should embrace it. I mean, no one's faulting you for that. I, I think the issue is for her. The issue is for her that she can't grasp and understand that the way social media works is the moment you post something, you have to understand that you have to deal with, you know, positive views and negative views. You don't have to take the negative views to heart. That is your choice. Unless you're still battling with confidence issue, confident issues and low, have low self-esteem, maybe just hold out on posting those type of pictures and videos of you in your underwear. Are you doing a busted down challenge? You get what I'm saying? Until you're able to like build that confidence up because you can't be new to this and not true to this, right? That's not for everybody. Trust me. I'm someone, I'm training, I'm dieting. And that's a journey on its own. Yeah, I look good, but I'm not going to just then post myself on with millions of followers, you know, a, a part of me where I don't feel confident yet. Like I'm not at the body type that I want to have. I'm literally working on gaining abs and muscle and I'm training my behind off. I'm not where I want to be. But to other people, I may look amazing. And to some people, they're like, oh girl, no, you need to work on this. And they can be you know, a trainer that's, you know, been working with celebrities for years on end, it could they be talking shit about my body type, whatever. But at the same time, I have to accept that what I post, whether it's provocative or not, you know, I talk about politics all the time on my Instagram story. Granted, I'm I'm not doing it as much. Um, like I said in another episode on this podcast, I'm trying to be very mindful of what I say on my Instagram stories, but I used to get hell like from people that just didn't understand, you know, my perspective as being an independent thinker or an independent voter. Like I'm not someone that just goes with, you know, the rest of society just because it's popular, popular belief or whatever. I, I try to stick to facts and data and I'm very analytical when it comes to things that are ignored. I'll put it that way. So I have to understand that I'm going to get backlash <laughs> because I don't go with the norm. So for her, I think she'll she I think she understands, hopefully, at this you know point that you know, just be mindful of what you post and understand that you're just going to get criticism. And 
either take it or leave it, but you don't have to dwell on it. You can just be like, whatever, I know it look good. It is what it is. Of course they hate and whatever. You, yeah, you'd be mad too if you didn't have this body, whatever, but you over here, you know, hating, whatever. You got to tell yourself, you know, that you matter and actually believe it though, right? So, you know, she's a beautiful girl, like I said. I, I really hope that she um, finds a way to fit in um, that works for her in the industry because this industry and the music industry will chew you up. And she's very talented vocally and beautiful. And so is her sister. And they're a powerhouse. I hope the I hope she's okay. I mean, but at the same time, nobody likes a crybaby when you made the choice to do what you did as a grown adult. It's kind of like, I don't feel, like I don't feel bad for her, but I feel bad about her not understanding how social media works. You know what I mean? Like she's just not there yet. But she I'm pretty sure over time as she, you know, grows into her adulthood, she'll understand that, you know, you just have to have really thick skin. And with all of these challenges of women um embracing their bodies and sexuality is not for everyone, even if you feel confident, even if you feel sexy, putting yourself out there is like either you don't have a significant other <laughs> or you don't have friends and family that will be like, okay, sis, what, what is this? You clearly have a certain lifestyle that makes you feel warranted to put yourself out there on social media you know, where you don't feel compelled to explain yourself to anyone, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not everyone is that type of person. So you got to figure out if you're really about that life or if you're not. It's fine either way. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying like, you can't complain when you do certain things because everyone isn't going to agree with that. Everyone's not going to agree with putting your naked body in a shadow with red lighting in the background as, you know, uh, tasteful. So if you don't care, if you don't give a hoot, and if you're confident enough, then there's no problem. If you do, don't do it. <laughs> it's just that simple. So I hope the girls are right. Yeah. That's just, I mean, this is a generation on social media, people putting too much out there and then not being able to handle the heat. Just like Lizzo. Lizzo uh, you know, I don't follow her anymore, but I'm pretty sure she's still posting, you know, certain things up on there. Instagram is not your diary, <laughs> you know, it's not your diary. Maybe if you had Tumblr, I don't know if she knows about Tumblr. Maybe she does, um, Chloe, but that's more of a diary format than Instagram or Twitter or Facebook ever will be. Right. So if you want to start the journey of body positivity and you want to have people tune in to your journey of finding yourself as a young uh, black woman in America and as an artist that is charting and has a backup of Beyonce, you know, encouraging you and being your mentor, you have to look at what Beyonce does, right? And Beyonce don't care about criticism. She don't respond to criticism because she's confident in who she is. I'm pretty sure she felt some type of way, you know, when she was in Destiny's Child and when she became a solo artist, but there's a journey to that. So, but 
she didn't have social media back then, Beyonce anyway, that we have today. So she didn't have to face the same exact backlash. And even back then, a lot of celebrities had to deal with a lot more criticism when it came to showing skin than what you see on Instagram today with the butt cheeks popping in your, in your, in, you know, in your face and all different types of things. Even for me <laughs> at 29, I still be like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, so it's a, it's a different generation. It's different times of, you know, a lot of these young kids growing up into adulthood that are very much into judging on the extreme side or the very PC, very much of like, uh, encouraging and very positive and uplifting regardless of how you express yourself. So you just have to understand that you're going to deal with both and that's okay. Right. So I hope she, uh, grows thicker skin over time because she's going to need it. If that is her mentality and way of expressing herself. Right. So Anyways, on to the next subject. Well, uh, Trey Songs uh, is trending because we all know what his manhood looks like and how long and big it is. Um, well, it looks like he's the one that is filming getting topped off by a young lady. And a lot of the women are going crazy over it. That's it. Moving along. Well, um... Megan Thee Stallion featuring the baby, uh, having a music video called Cry Baby. But I mean, the actual premise of the video is more like Toy Story 2. Um, <laughs> with the set design and everything and the theme of the video. But it would have been better if the actual movie Cry Baby with Johnny Depp was a part of the actual music video because it makes more sense. Anyways, um the set design, the makeup, the looks look I mean is is cute, but um I'm just tired of this popcorn pop rap <sighs> imagery that is happening uh with Megan Thee Stallion lately and um she is quickly becoming the uh industry plant for a female rap and I'm not caring for it. Uh, I mean, I just don't care. Everything is repetitive. I mean, Nicki Minaj really set the bar high. She really, Nicki Minaj really set uh, the bar high in regards of imagery and um, looks. And I feel like everything else after that, when it comes to female female uh, rap music, besides, you know, Tierra Whack and um, Tierra Whack and Lake Lee 47 and um, Flo Millie, those three women off the top of my head have very unique looks and vibes to themselves out of anyone right now in the female rap industry. And I just feel like Megan Thee Stallion is moving backwards. That's just my opinion. I don't get it. I really don't. Um, you know, the kitty colorful theme is just outdated at this point. It, 
it is 2021 and I just don't feel like originality is a thing. Um, because a lot of people, a lot of artists hire the same uh, directors and makeup artists and stylists uh, that have worked with Nicki Minaj before. And it just, it just feels boring to me. I'm, I, I'm not going to apologize for having a higher standard for actual talent, right? The problem is people aren't hi- having a higher standard for actual talent anymore. They're lumping actual talent in the same group of people that have writers or don't have any other substance besides their looks and imagery. And rap music today, especially for women, are becoming very gimmicky, very predictable, very lackluster. Um, because it's all about imagery over actual talent and lyrics, right? So no different than Cardi B's new music video. I didn't see the whole thing, but I was scrolling and I came across a clip and I'm like, this has literally been done before and I'm not understanding the hype. I I don't get it. And I'm not even going to blame it on my age. I'm only 29, but I'm old enough to be like, okay, there was way more creativity with Missy Elliott in the 90s. There was way more creativity and originality with Missy Elliott a woman that was plus size in the 90s compared to women that are body built in surgery that creates a actual curated imagery for you know the viewership of today's generation and still is lackluster that is crazy and that, this is why i be telling people i'm like if you're not going to amount up to even the 90s where the budget was high based upon the time and you got more money for the same type of budget that will give you a great length of creativity, then don't even try, don't even bother, right? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah, um, Megan, I, <laughs> I'm bored. I'm bored. That's all. In other news, um, Judas and the Black Messiah is now available on HBO Max. For those that want to watch it, cool. Like I said before, I'm not watching it. And I know a whole group of people that aren't as well for very pretty obvious reasons. Um, Fred Hampton was a Black American. He's not being played by a Black American. It's just that simple. And I really... Don't want to go into specifics. It's Black History Month, and I just find that very convenient. Like I said, I'm not going to keep supporting non-Black Americans playing real Black Americans that were, like, actual leaders. (laughs) Uh, When we have a whole bunch of Black Americans here in America that could easily play people such as Fred Hampton or Malcolm X, or I don't know why we keep having to talk about this, but hey, I'm not supporting it. There you go. Um, But shout out to Lakeith Stanfield. I mean, I have my own issues with him, but I'm glad that he got a role. Moving along. Well, speaking of um, Black movies, um, I wanted to briefly talk about American Skin. And uh, it came out in 2019. 
but I didn't see it until, you know, in January because that was when it was released. It was originally um, meant to come out 2019. I don't know exactly why it didn't come out 2019, but the release date was January um, 15th this year. So it was directed by Nate Parker, written by Nate Parker. And um, the music composed was by Henry Jackman. Um, yeah, so it stars Nate Parker as Lincoln, the father of a young teenage boy who was shot and killed by a police officer. Um, he's a war veteran and he was, you know, seeking justice and, um, you know, for the killing of his unarmed son during a routine traffic stop. So. I'm going to give the movie a solid 7.5. Really, really well written. I mean, wow. Nate Parker really uh, did his thing. I know, you know, a lot of people didn't really care so much for um, The Birth of a Nation. That came out in 2016, I believe it was. And he had some, you know, accusations against him um, when it came to sexual assault and rape. But the case was dismissed. and. So I can only just go off of what the facts are. So I'm not going to stop supporting him based upon, you know, allegations that were dismissed. Whether people believe he did it or not, I can only go off of facts. And the, the brother did a really good job um, with how this was written. It was pretty much like a stage play t- to a certain extent. I don't want to give, you know, uh, too much of the movie away, of course, but um, I do wish that they had, uh, in the dialogue, I do wish that he had written in more of, um, a better explanation as to why black Americans are positioned, you know, to be where we are now, which is technically bottom casted. Right. So, um, I just feel like he could have talked about in a dialogue that was written between a white police, white police officer and him. And a few other black uh, um, characters in the film, um, how we started, you know, and how we ended up being where we are now, which is due to redlining, you know, the school to prison pipeline. And, you know, because there was a dialogue that had like the the fact of why can't black Americans just pick themselves up by the bootstraps like you got slavery is over. Slavery was a long time ago. There's so much that could have been written in to kind of shut that down. And I just felt like it wasn't, I'm not sure if that was on purpose, but, um, a lot of the dialogue had a lot of real, you know, life themes to it. Like the basic conversations that you have, you know, with, uh, ignorant white people or ignorant non-black people of color and even black people, in the black diaspora, you know, like people that are foreign, you know, that come here and not all, but a lot, um, that come here and think because of what they see on TV and what the news tell them and, you know, white media and white supremacy ideology, how we're just lazy, whatever, 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 there's always going to be pushback, you know, when we just say, this is what it is. Like, whether you believe us or not, we're in the predicament that we're in you know, not because we want to, everything is, um, a lot of things are systemic, right? So it's hard to endure those type of conversations. Cause typically me, I don't have the time for it anymore. I'm not going to argue with someone about 
my oppression or about my ancestry, period. Like, I'm not going to do that for anyone. So I think if he would have had just, you know, included a little bit more detail in regards of talking about systemic racism, I think it would have been a great trans um, transition into uh, a better conversation and dialogue. You get what I'm saying? Because a lot of white people didn't like this movie. The way the reviews were set up, it's just kind of like, here we go, police hate, police hate. And that's not what the premise of the movie is. The movie is a is actually a lesson, you know, and the movie proves itself why the movie was made in the beginning. So the ending kind of recaps that. And if you haven't seen it, I highly suggest not to judge it right away because of how it the trailer was set up. It kind of seems like he's just getting revenge and, oh my gosh, and like, here we go. Like It is not like anything that I've seen before when it comes to police brutality type of films and, um, you know, murder um, from the hands of police officers. And uh, so I think if you are interested um, in having a better understanding of what American skin is about and not so much of what critics and reviewers are saying based upon their biasm, then please check it out. Um, you can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on, um, where can you watch it? Uh, you can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on Amazon Prime Video, Vudu, and Google Play Movies and TV. So check it out and um, see what you think about it, right? So, but so far um, on imdb.com, it got a 6.2 out of 10. That's not bad. But I, I think it would have been better if it was close, if it was just a seven um, or a 7.5, because to me, the like I said, the writing is just phenomenal. So um, the acting was great too. But uh, yeah, I mean, it sucks, you know, to keep seeing things like this, but this is real life. And I know people are tired of seeing slave movies and things like that. To me, I don't have an issue with movies that portray you know, enslavement, but it's more so who was a part of that project and how it's being displayed. Because I don't believe that we should just stop showing films that have slavery in it, but more so of how it's being directed and written and who's the cast, right? I'm just tired of seeing non-Black Americans playing Black American slaves. It just doesn't make sense to me just because we're all Black. So I think when you have that, you you know that White Hollywood's involved. And they did that with 12 Years a Slave, you know? And they also did that with Harriet and also The Underground Railroad, which is a movie that's coming out soon as well. I, I don't even want to go into that either, but this is not the episode for it. But since it is Black American History Month, I have the need to give my small input on that, right? Um, and that's another thing that I want to talk about transitioning to this topic is that what this month means, you know? Um, because I see a lot of confusion going on on social media of people talking about Black History Month, but also including <clears throat> non-Black Americans, which is pointless. Like, because the whole point of the month is to celebrate the accomplishments, like I said before, of Black Americans. And if you start to include everyone else in the diaspora, it kind of erases the whole point of the month. You're changing the whole point of the month. There is a month where we all celebrate blackness across the diaspora, and it's not this month. So I'm going to talk about what months uh, people in the diaspora should be celebrating and when, and who's included and who's not, and that's okay either way, um, because I think 
again, that people have a struggle in regards of like our perspective of how we feel about things. So um, let's see. So for an example, um, the UK, they celebrate Black History Month in October, right? National African Immigrant Heritage Month is in September to celebrate the great contributions of Americans of African immigrant heritage in the United States who have enriched the history of the nation. We should talk about Afro-Latinos. I mean, they celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month from September 15th until October 15th annually, right? That also includes Black Afro-Latinos. I'm just going to say this. If it was, if Black Americans were like, no, we're included in that too, you know, people would be like, no, this is just specifically for like Black people in the UK and the accomplishments that Black people in the UK have given us. Like, that's what it feels like when I see people just not understanding like exactly what month is for what, because everybody wants to be inclusive as just Blackness. And that's not how it works because that just defeats the whole point of celebrating a particular month in a particular part of the world. So I think there's nothing wrong with us coming together to celebrate each other, but we have to be mindful of like what something is and just what it is. And no one should feel any type of way about that, you know? Um, But yeah, I just wanted to say that because I just noticed that people in general um, didn't understand what that meant. So us talking about this and having the necessary discussions around this is important and it's not divisive. It's not xenophobic. It's just simply respect. And I'll say this, you know, uh, when it comes to celebrating other people's month and cultures, I'll be respectful and embrace it and not just make it about black Americans. So like I said, it goes both ways. It's just at the end of the day about respect and educating ourselves, right? So let's move on to lastly, uh, politics. Hmm. Politics. <laughs> well, I don't know what else to say besides the obvious, you guys. I mean, Joe Biden uh, administration is on some bullshit, on some bullshit, and uh, still not including Black Americans, but including everybody else about immigration policies and uh, the LGBTQ community, which is fine because again, you can be black and gay and you can be black within the community, but not everyone is gay or in the community that's black. Right. So if we're going to do specifics, let's do specifics. I don't know why we haven't gotten ours, especially during black history month when, um, according to people.com within minutes of stepping into the oval office after his inauguration, president Joe Biden began signing a stack of executive orders waiting on the resolute desk. Hmm. Biden, 78 years old, signed 25 executive orders within his two weeks in office, the most by a new president in modern U.S. history. On Tuesday, Biden signed three more orders shaping his administration's immigration policy. Three more orders. Let me repeat that. Three more orders shaping his administration's immigration policy but none for Black Americans that made it possible for the Immigration Act of 1924 to happen in the first place. How does that make sense, you may ask? Well, it is Joe Biden. <laughs> um, oof. I, I, I mean, hey, that's just what it is. And I don't even know what more do people 
that are black and American need to understand that we are not going to have what a lot of us have hoped for um, because people hate Trump so much that they completely ignored that Joe Biden is just as bad, if not worse. You know, he created the 94 crime bill. He actually locked up black people. He actually went out of his way to make it clear that he doesn't care about us and to include Pacific Islanders and Asians and, you know, other people, Latinos, uh, giving them, you know, policy directly, like strictly and not us. It, it just makes me feel sad for a lot of people to not understand what that means, you know, and people that even deny reparations are pretty much saying that they don't believe in equality, that they don't see any hope for equality because that is reparations. That is what reparations are for after hundreds of years of black Americans contributing to this country off of, you know, our backs through enslavement, through Jim Crow, through segregation, through everything that is still current today that still has an effect on us, right? There's a storm coming. And I feel like a lot of people are going to wake up when it's, I mean, it's already too late. I mean, they're in office already and, you know, no, I'm not going to be like, oh, I wish that Trump was in office still. That man is dead to me as far as I'm concerned, literally. But, um, yeah, I just wanted people to be realistic, you know, and understand how policies work. Hopefully this month and, um, well, hopefully the first hundred days, you know, people will start to come to realization of which direction the um, Biden administration is heading towards. And we're not including on that ride. I hate to break it to you, but he said it. So did Kamala Harris. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Just another four years of some BS and another president that's on some BS and Nothing's going to change unless we change, unless we change our mentality, unless we change our thought process. And, uh, hey, but, um, yeah, the news that I want to share moving on from that politics is not going anywhere, you guys. So, um, when I feel compelled to go into great detail about what's going on and what my thoughts are, you'll hear it very often. Um, today I'm just kind of like, another day of some BS. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to share some news that I am leaving Atlanta. Yep. I'm out. Um, I moved here in September of 2019 and I moved here because I wanted to build connections in the film industry and the cost of living is cheaper. So I thought, um, but things are increasing <laughs> And uh, the film industry is just not booming right now because of COVID. So my lease is about to be up in March. And I don't see the point of getting a new apartment just to struggle in a sense of looking for work. And I'd rather just go back to Boston. I'd rather go back to Boston and, uh, you know, do what I got to do and save money and start all over again. That's cool. Am I moving back here to Atlanta? Most likely not. I'm just, I've got to experience it and I'm going to post a video of why I'm leaving in more great detail, the pros and the cons of Atlanta and why it's just really not for me. 
Um, you know, yeah, it's great to have a lot of black people around you, but that don't mean that all skin folk is kin folk. It don't mean that there are no struggles within the black community of how we treat each other here in Atlanta. And it shows. I be I mean, I've been saying this to people that want to move here, like, hey, you may think because you like seeing black faces, that don't mean that you're not gonna get scammed or robbed or killed or anything else worse, you know what I mean? In between. It's just another city with people that are greedy, with people that are nice. You're going to get both sides of the coin. Um, racism still exists here because we're still in the South. <laughs> and uh, Atlanta is just one partying city with a lot of young folks that are obnoxious and all about status and looks. And, you know, um, and the job opportunities out here are decreasing as more people move here, believe it or not. And is not what it used to be, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, that's the negative and the cons of it. The pros is, well, there are some nice people. When you do meet the right people, they're great. And the foods, you know, the soul food here is amazing. Um, it's not a food scene type of city, but, you know, it makes out okay. But yeah, I just, I miss being by the beach and I miss having the mountains. <laughs> I miss the fresh uh, seafood. I miss my people. But also, I'm going back because I want to start producing my own film um, that I've written. And I was going to go back to Boston anyways to do that, take a few months and work on it. But um, yeah, I miss my nephew. I miss my dog. I, I, miss, <laughs> I miss what I know, right? But I'll definitely be back to visit Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's a great place to visit, but as far as my East Coast uh, mentality goes, it's not really meant for me in regards of like living long-term. It's just not. Um, it's not what a lot of people make it seem. And I'm a very down-to-earth, humble person. So if you're someone that's very humble, don't care for the antics and the excitement of partying and sex appeal and, you know, lack of, uh, of uh, consideration of your peers, then it may not be for you, but some people have to learn, you know, and figure out on their own. So I tell people, I'm like, do what you think works for you. If you're an entrepreneur and you feel like your business is thriving already, then come to Atlanta and see what it can do. But for me, I'm all set. <laughs> uh, I'm out after 16 months. Yeah, I'm out. Um, oh, and I do miss the fall. You know, I miss the spring. I miss having all four seasons. And not to say it don't get a little cool here in Atlanta, but yeah, that's it. Um, so I hope you guys have a safe weekend and I will do the same. And uh, yeah, look out for my two videos, my home tour and also my experience, the pros and cons in great detail of living in Atlanta as a girl from Boston. But yeah, that's it. And I'll talk to you guys next week. So peace, love, and happiness. Bye.